Happy holidays, everybody. You are listening to Service from Hell, and this is our best of 2021 episode. It is now the end of 2021, and this is a cut up of all of the most favorite moments from this past year with all of our lovely guests. And either we got emails about these moments, or you told me them directly, or I laughed really hard listening back to them. And they're snippets from all of our lovely guests from 2021. And we're just so grateful that you all have been on this ride with us. This is year two for this podcast, which is crazy to think about. And we're just so grateful for all of the support and the listener letters and just all of the time that you all have taken. We're so, so grateful to our Patreon subscribers. All of you patrons make it worth it. It reminds me that I'm not just throwing wet paper towels against a wall and hoping something sticks. And we just are so grateful for your hard-earned money that you're throwing my way to this podcast because whilst this is a labor of love, it does cost money. So I am so, so, so grateful for those of you that have signed up there. And it's uh, there's information in the show notes if you would also like to become a patron. Lots of bonus content there. And we're just so grateful for all of the support. And thank you to my family and friends who have given me a ton of energy and kept me going during this time. This year was crazy. I started in Ohio in my mom's basement and then just moved all over the country and have been all over the place. And I'm super grateful, but it has been chaos. And because of all of the support, I've been able to keep this going. And to all of our new listeners, thank you so much. To all of our longtime fans and loyalists, extra thank you to you. To all of our international listeners, what a pleasure to see more countries discovering this little engine that could. It is so exciting to see that. So please do keep telling your friends. Please keep listening. And if you haven't listened to all of the 2021 episodes yet, hopefully you have some time over the holiday break because we'll be taking a few weeks off and hanging out with our peeps. So you can always go back and either re-listen to an episode or discover new people. And hopefully this best of episode will give you a taste of some of the, you know, super fun interviews that have happened this past year. We are in it together, y'all. And, you know, hopefully everybody is staying healthy, happy, sane, taking care of your personal health, mental health, familial stuff. Just hopefully everybody's taking care of themselves. We are so grateful to have you all as listeners. Hopefully you all enjoy this cut up holiday experience and that you're having fun with all of your families. Have a great 2022 and we will see you on the other side. I'd like to welcome our guest, Ian McCara. Ian, er, oh, Jesus Christ, Ian. <laughs> I was like, should I stop her? Yes. I- <laughs> I'm so out of my mind. Okay, let's get back. We're going, but for eight consecutive hours, Ethan will be on a monthly Zoom call taking, talking, oh, Jesus fucking, this is my first time doing this, Ethan. Take your time. <sighs> Thank Take you. I'm still working at Woods Movie Theater. I'm going to community college. This is before I go to my go to U of D. What up, I'm Chico? at community college. I'm at the Woods. This woman comes in every Monday with her boyfriend. She's gorgeous. She's blonde. She's kind of like a little bit of a bigger gal, which I'm like, yeah, girl. She has her cute boyfriend. She comes in every Monday and just like big, beautiful hair, jewelry, nails. She just was like a cool looking lady. I was like, that lady is awesome. So I started noticing her on Mondays. And so she'd go like, how you doing? And I'd go, good, nice to see you again. You know, it was a small movie theater. It was not busy. So you kind of, if you had regulars, you'd recognize them. So she comes in one Monday 
everyone's on break. So I'm basically running the show. Monday is the most dead night. So you might have 30 people total in, in any of the, the total amount of people watching movies. I sell her the ticket. I run out of the booth. I tear the ticket. Then I run behind the concession stand and I make her her popcorn. When she leaves, I'm putting up the marquee with the big arm. And she goes, honey, you work too hard. I'm going to give you a job. She goes, have you ever heard of City Club? I said, no. And this is like not to date my age, but I don't have a cell phone or Google at my you know, disposal. She goes, listen, calm down. To first in Bagley on Friday night, I'm going to give you a job in my club. And I go, okay, great. So <laughs> and you're 17 at this time, correct? No, I'm 19. You're 19 now. Okay, now we're 19. I'm 19. Okay. okay. So uh, I'm like, I'm like, this is crazy, but let's try it. So all week long, I'm asking people, have you ever heard of City Club? Have you ever heard of City Club? And none of my friends know anything about it. So I show up at the hotel. It's in the Leland Hotel, which also has 100 rooms at a Ramada, downtown Detroit. I go to the front desk. I'm wearing like a beautiful black cat suit <laughs> with like a gray blazer. And I've got like <laughs> stockings on and black flats. And I like, because she says coat check. I'm like, I don't know, you know. So I go to the front desk. I'm like, hi, I'm here for Sybil, you know. And he's like, go right into the, her office. So he points me into her office. I go in. There she is gorgeous hair nails everything she's wearing like a black blazer but sitting across from her is this like woman that's like larger than life covered in tattoos big doc martin boots fishnet stockings bra no shirt shorts i'm like huh what what this is what is this outfit (laughs) and so she's like She's going to take you in, hon. You know, set you up in the coat check. So we go through the hotel. I'm like, it's a, you know, hotel, whatever. They open this side door and it's like walking into hell. (laughs) There's like all these weird paintings on the wall and like anorexic elephant skeleton, (laughs) baby arms coming out of the wall, mannequin heads. Everything looks so scary. It's really smoky. She's like, okay, you're going to be over here. I get in the coat check. It's terrifying. Kate, I think I'm going to be murdered. I'm literally, I have no cell phone. Cell phones don't exist. I'm like, who knows I'm here? What's going to happen to me? Am I going to get shot up with heroin? I mean, I was like afraid because everyone came in. It's a gothic industrial nightclub with people (laughs) who have like spikes embedded in their head in a mohawk and wearing rubber suits and like there's like 10 security guards which I think is good and and I'm like this is the scariest place I've ever been it was like I I can't really describe it it's like the club in you know pretty in pink that Ducky goes to but then like a hundred times scarier like it's nuts you know it's punks and it's wild so I'm sitting there in the coat check and I'm like just going to have to tell her, thank you. This is not my cup of tea. Uh, I'm not really into this. And so it gets, and the club closes at 4.30 in the morning. Girl, no. The bar, the bar stops at 2 a.m., but the club itself closes at 4.30. No, no. So at 4.40, she comes walking up to the coat check, and she says, what do you think? And I'm counting out a stack of money. I go, see you tomorrow. And I worked there for five years. Holy shit. <laughs> These uh, pre-existing conditions are what drives kidney disease. People who are not, who do not take very good care of themselves and have these conditions get 
these conditions. So it, it is a disease of the disenfranchised. And in our city, the zip codes that had all of the darkness to them uh, were the black communities, North City and North County. And it was almost, it, you know, the, the West County, uh, it was nearly white. It went from cream to white. And in North City and North County, it's like Del Mar is our street that divides black from white in St. Louis. A whole different conversation is uh, institutional wealth and housing and redlining and um, all that and, and protected covenants. And I'm not going to get into that today, but for those reasons, there's a street in every city, at least in the Midwest, that divides black from white. And this is the city, the street, and everything north of Del Mar is progressively hotter for chronic kidney disease. I was looking at a map of where the most disenfranchised people were who also happened to have all the chronic kidney disease. Well, my areas of the city were the ones that got hit hardest at first. Now, the people who get hit hardest are the ones who have no, uh, don't have a mask uh, policy. Uh, the second go around, the masks do work. They're not perfect, but they do work. And if you mandate mask use inside, people uh, don't get as infected. But the first go around, the, you know, the people who got hit hardest were the black people in our communities that I work. And um, they're the ones with these pre-existing conditions, mm. you know, and it, like, you know, it's everyone else has observed that law enforcement, although policemen themselves are not racist, law enforcement incentivizes enforcement in areas that are disproportionately black, you know, and, and that's what people tend to see. But I've seen it much more closer with the with their with this health condition that has come up this year. So. I, I, I got off the tangent on a tangent here a little bit. You were talking about Donald Trump. And yeah, so getting back to that question, maybe he got he was able to jump the line. I'm sure he did. Mm -hmm. But back to the restaurant, it was it was just such a toxic environment. Why? Why was it toxic? And uh, I think it's mostly the way that they do their business. I mean, it leads to a lot of mistrust between people working at the at the at the you know at the restaurant. They give managers and especially like general managers uh, a typical budget uh, of how to run their specific franchise or location, and that makes it difficult. Like we had a manager that decided not to buy the amount of utensils we needed because she wanted to save that money to roll over into her winter bonus. Wow. And that was totally fine by the company because once it's out of their hands, it's totally up to the people that work at that location to make their decisions off of the money that they hand them. I mean, even as servers that were there, I don't know how common this is at other locations, but this is the only place where I had to carry my own bank. Have, have you heard of that? We that, that? At, uh, at the comedy store, I have to carry my own bank, but, but not, I mean, yeah. the most it was was $200. It wasn't, I mean, how much was your bank? No, I would end up at the end of my shift carrying on my person, probably easily upwards of $1,500 in cash. That is so fucking dangerous. That is so and fucking dangerous. I was not allowed, at least at my location, to store it in the safe. Levi! My, my shift. I had to keep it on my body. And one time, I will tell you this, how little of a shit I gave when it came to that. I'm not a good server. <laughs> I'm going to put that up first. That's honest. I am not a good server. <laughs> I got promoted very quickly at all the customer service jobs I had because I'm, a, I'm charismatic and I'm a good 
talker. You're a good leader to too. What I want. So yeah, so so I can sort of trick people into thinking I'm a lot better than I am, uh, which I, I did. Tell it on yourself. Um, okay. <laughs> but at, at that job, I remember we had a, a shooter scare one time at the Americana. There was uh, someone that came in with, I guess, a group of people that came in with like baseball bats and stuff and, and robbed the Nordstrom's jewelry department, which was right next door to the restaurant, right? And uh people heard gunshots because the the cop there shot at the floor to scare him off. Right. Wow. Like watch out. I I'm packing. And, uh, the entire mall, the outdoor mall, the Americana, everything around there had to evacuate because at that point people just heard gunshots. They didn't know, you know, who shot or what's going on or anything. So here I am with, like I said, 12 to $1,500 worth of money that is not mine. That and you're like, responsible Bye, for bitches. I'm walking home. So I left the restaurant right then and there. And just walked my ass home. There's nobody here, bro. Please stop. Who's this for? It's just me and Adam. (laughs) We don't care. And now we're uncomfortable. We're the fucking cowboy hat. You're a crazy person. Unless you do testing, which is what we do as an organization, like these investigations where we send out people who pretend like they want to live somewhere. But you can assume, just imagine, like you're looking at, Four, just find you found four places. You can cross two of them off your list because of how the how you'll be treated. Like it's it's unbelievable. So to answer your question about pervasive, like it's it is super pervasive. It is unfortunately. I want to go a little deeper. So if you're comfortable telling the story, I don't know if you're able to identify who the person was, but you told me a story on the phone of sending someone into uh, like you had had a building that had that had been accused of discrimination and a, a genuine person that really did want to rent who raised this to your attention had stated I believe that I'm being discriminated against because I when I called they said that there were apartments available when I arrived there weren't and it sort of seems you know like someone would script this in a movie and I don't think that people actually understand that this is happening today and so if you could just could you paint that story of uh, you don't have to say who if that is a something to protect with your organization, but the person that you then sent who it was is a Caucasian female got a different answer. Can you tell us that story? Yeah. So as a uh, the way that we do our investigations and it's not unique to us, this is industry wide. We send out essentially so people can wrap their head around it. Like we send out like secret shoppers people who pretend like they want to live somewhere and we we see and there they'll be of different demographics some of them will be white people some will be women some will say they have kids whatever it is we're looking for and we and we send these people um with the same rental history i mean depend depending on what what it is we're looking for but we'll send people with the same rental history the same debt to income ratio the same income maybe even the same job same credit score uh it depends on what we're looking for and how we're doing it but just to paint the picture, we'll send people and we tell them what to say so that the only difference between them is that one thing that we are investigating. So uh, we send people who are of the same race. Sorry, Rob, let me just stop you. So the sure. what is that one, when you say uh, to investigate that one thing? Yeah. What, what, what does that mean? Yeah. So every investigation we do, thank you for breaking it down for clarity. Yeah. Um, the investigations will, will be centered on race the one thing may be race the one thing may be gender the one thing may be whether or not you have children these things these illegal criteria for treating somebody different they are called 
protected classes. So there are a bunch of protected classes. Uh, at the federal level, there are seven. Race, color, national origin, religion, having children, your being mental or your mental or physical challenge, and race, color, national origin, religion, gender, mental or physical challenge. I don't know. Is that all? No, that's that's uh, anyway. Whatever. <laughs> Those are the seven. Yeah, race, color, national origin, religion, gender, mental or physical challenge, and having children. Yeah, those are yeah, those are the seven at the federal level. So we will investigate along those lines. Well, sorry. So those are the federal ones. They cover you anywhere you are in the country. But then different localities, states, cities, counties, um, have made more. You might have heard that, oh, that, that sounds like a pretty limited list. Um, those are just the federal ones. At, at a more local level, you may also be protected, may also be protected because of your sexual orientation, your age, your marital status. Um, there's a number of things. So we will investigate and we'll say, oh, okay, we want to see, are women being kept out here? So, so in, in a test, the one thing in that test would be gender. So we'll send people of similar demographics but the one thing different among the people we send is that we, we are sending half women and half men because we want to see, you know, what's happening. Is there, is there something happening to all the women and something happening to all the men? In a different case, we might be testing for race. The one thing might be race. So we'll send people to different demographics, but we want to make sure we're sending half Hispanic, half Asian. Or, or maybe it's whether or not you have kids. So the, the people are a variety of people, but we want to make sure we're sending half with kids and half without so that we can show a pattern. Because when we bring our cases and we think discrimination is happening, the, the party being accused of discrimination almost invariably says, oh, it didn't happen. Or, oh, it was a misunderstanding. You misconstrued what I was saying to you. So then we, we, we have to establish a pattern of, okay, you're saying it was a misunderstanding. Fine. But... That misunderstanding, quote unquote, is only happening when it's a woman or it's only happening when it's a gay person. Then, oh, then there's this misunderstanding. So we can establish that pattern, like whatever you want to call it. What's the weirdest thing you've ever been asked to do whilst you're on the clock? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, probably replace a beer for someone who'd seen their beer go into a woman's vagina. Oh, okay. That's a great transition. Should we find out and talk about what kittens was? Because I bet everybody figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> Not based on the name. Based on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's so fucked up is that that could totally be true. <laughs> oh what was God. kittens, Bella? Kittens was a strip club. What? Uh, I had. Were you a dancer? Oh, lol. No, I wish. So. My family still don't know I worked there. I remember that I told them that I was working at this pub down the road and my brother and my dad were always like, well, come in for a drink. And I was like, no, no. it's really busy. You know, I'll be distracted. For, for I, Thank God I only did like three or four shifts because I couldn't have kept that lie up for much longer. I ended up working at Kittens because a girlfriend of mine was managing the bar there. Two girlfriends of mine were working behind the bar and I got back from this trip and I had $0 in my bank account. I got back from Fiji with no money and it was like a Friday and they're like, you can start tomorrow. You'll walk away with a hundred bucks cash in hand at minimum because that's just to cover your shift. And I was like, okay, great. I could get a hundred dollars for it. And they're like, yep. So that would be over and above tips. They were just giving you hundred dollars Australian hundred Aussie dollars. Like, or were they saying you will make that in tips? No, no, that was like my 
wages for the wages. hours. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. And oh no, it was a different day because I remember I went in, they, they wanted to start me on a slow day. So they brought me in on a Wednesday night and Wednesday they did show nights. <laughs> oh God, above. What is a show night? <laughs> it was, I just remember walking in and there were two, it was a guy on stage with two girls and they just seemed to be doing things with props. <laughs> putting props in like imaginative places. And I was like, what, 19? Maybe I was 20. And I looked about 14 and it just, I mean, I, th- I was like, I thought I was so like worldly and wise. And I walked in there and I was like, nope, nope, no, 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 no. Wait, how'd you find out about the job even to begin with? Like, how'd you know they were hired? Because my two mates were working there. I had two girlfriends who were working behind the bar. And basically one of them was just like, dude, you start tomorrow. Like we can always use people behind the bar. I don't know how she found out about it. I think she yeah. knew someone who was working there. And the thing was her and her friend I'm just going to bloody say their first names. I don't know why I'm being so – trying to be so anonymous. It's okay. Uh, Jacinda and Elise. So Jacinda and Elise were friends of mine. They were working at the bar. One of them was managing the bar. And they would just walk away with poo loads of money <laughs> just every night. They would walk away. Like Elise would bank like 500 bucks a night easily. Get out. Yeah, all cash. Sure. And so they'd work there a few few nights a week. I mean, Make obviously they weren't – Yeah, easy. Wow. And they seemed to – handle it so well like they would just kind of like banter with the customers and I don't know like flirt a bit and just get all this money and I just seemed to find myself arguing with people (laughs) any tips and finding everything just really offensive there was one guy that we called the silver fox because he would come a couple of nights a week he would always sit by himself he was really respectful like he just seemed like a lovely lonely guy probably lived around the corner I don't know but we had some story about him but he was lovely and he gave me I think one night he gave me a $50 tip because he just I think he just took pity on me (laughs) and I think that was like the only tip I ever made in the whole three or four shifts I worked there gap in that neighborhood specifically was the entitlement I kept seeing. That was really like, who are these people? Like these, this is terrible. I already had a chip on my shoulder for that just growing up in my life, you know. You know, we grew up in sort of in a lower middle class area in El Paso and then the whole thing with moving to Arizona and having to like that, that's all. And that's still now, there's still a little bit of that in me where I'm like, I just don't trust the entitled uh, or, Mm. or, or necessarily like the entitled or you know, if I know you're rich or you came from like a rich background, I already, I already question it, which way. is not fair, but yeah. that's just, yeah. you know, where I'm at. And um, so, yeah, the entitlement really got to me big time. What would be a way that you would handle if if someone came in of the sort of upper echelon caliber and they were condescending to you? Did you have a little game you would do that they would be unaware of? He's smiling and covering his face. <laughs> yeah. What was that? I'm sorry, Julie. So, um, <laughs> We love you, Julie. This is so unfair. So we used to have these, If those of you who remember the gaps in the 90s and the 2000s, every employee had like a headset. Like we had a headset that had a little button on the wire. Oh my God. Because that's what like, if they didn't have a size, sure. you have to press the button and be like, hey, Tom, is the you know <laughs> boot, cut, the boot cut low rise size four? Do we have it downstairs? Size four, fuck her. So... <laughs> It's <laughs> so already right. Yep, I'm already She's mad. Yep. So if I saw someone come in with their entitlement flag flowing, <laughs> waving, I need these in a four, you know, whatever. Ew. I would be like, sure, one second. I would pretend to, to press, press the, the button, button. <laughs> and I went into a whole Bob Newhart routine. <laughs> 
of talking to someone who wasn't there. <laughs> and be like, and be like, hey Tom, pause two, three, four. Hey, yeah, it's Ithamar. Pause two, three, four. Hey, so we're looking for the low rise boot cut size four. Pause four. Look at her. He's checking. And then literally i have not pressed a button not once tom is probably not even working that day tom's off tom is off the clock (laughs) no one's down there by the way no one empty empty warehouse there's probably seven size fours that i can very well go down there and get myself and then you're on the walkie and then uh and then just waiting waiting the right time and then finally oh dang it okay cool thanks tom i'm so sorry we don't have any can you check other stores and then I'd have to probably go to the phone and do and I, uh, the phone you couldn't fake like no, I, I couldn't gotta, fake the phone like you couldn't go beep um, boop beep 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 yeah, yeah. she saw you dialing yeah. she's like you're dialing the red button seven <laughs> times there's nothing there um, oh that's hilarious so yeah that was uh, that's how that was my little ways of like oh, I'm crying. getting back at them because then they'd have to leave the store I guess because I mean we'll get there but was there ever a time when you were waiting tables where you're like, if one more motherfucker side of ranch, (laughs) if I ever have to get a side of ranch for another human being again in my life, it'll be too soon. (laughs) I never, (laughs) why ever, first of all, ranch is delicious facts and it deserves its own vocal ramekin and <laughs> it is freaking delicious and granted i want it on everything i Same. definitely want it on a side of fries i oh. definitely don't you freaking bring me honey mustard ever again in my life freaking <laughs> onion rings ranch please yes barbecue uh. for a little smum, like whatever ranch 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 <laughs> definitely requires its own <laughs> its own jingle ranch should have its own jingle like should. you have should you now have the phrase for mother earth <laughs> like <laughs> ranch needs its own actually ranch is like are you serious have you eaten us we don't need shit we could never our, pr- our advertise again <laughs> and everyone will still eat all us. of us are swimming in muddy <laughs> but yes another side of ranch and i w- was gonna lose my freaking mind why um because it's always a thing and nothing came with ranch at the hard rock like there was like nothing um there, i don't think there was a there wasn't a dish dish that came with ranch automatically so you always had to ask for ranch or the customer was like can i get a side of ranch but i just started to put it in i, I would have too i would be like hey guys welcome to hard rock cafe my name's natalie who loves ranch <laughs> <laughs> who's, gonna, who's gonna want a side of ranch you know? like, Who's wet at this Let table for some ranch? Right. Put your hands up. Right. Higher. Let's Get him. see. Let's, Let's see. I'll get a section for four tables in a section. Who Touch some ranch. Touch the sky. Touch the sky. Somebody. High five some ranch. Great. You get some. Uh, you know what? You get I'm ranch. Bring everybody just a tub of ranch. Bring you. <laughs> Water bottles of ranch. Oh God, oh, God. that makes me want to throw up. Oh, the label. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, God. That's tough. On my watch, I had the night shift, and I spent four of the night shift reading Lord of the Rings, uh, because it was because the following winter the first film was coming out, and I wanted to get ahead of it because uh, I'd never read them before. Because uh, you know the book's always better than the movie, and yep. I was a nerd. Yeah. Uh, so I read Lord of the Rings and on my watch I went into one of the tents and just all night read this book and I came out and the supervisor was like hey have you been doing the, the route like have you been walking around like, yes obviously <laughs> and he's like oh cool let's let's I'd like six in the morning now he's like yeah let's do one 
And he's walking. We're just talking about life and things. We turn on the corner and one of the tents is burnt down. Oh, my God. <laughs> like to a crisp, like burnt down. And he just looks at me like, so what's that? And I just thought to myself, oh this man, this man didn't come into the tent going, oh, my God, what have you been doing? A tent's been burned down. He came in. To shame absolutely you. Absolutely played me, yep. marinated me, <laughs> made me walk half my route, turn a corner and then gone, what's this? Huh? What's, what's happening here? Like, what's this now? And I was like, um, yeah, it was, it was like the St. John's ambulance, like the first aid tent. Someone had burnt it down. Oh my god! Uh, I later, I later found out who did it, and I mean, I got obviously immediately fired. Sure. But I later found out it was my regular night shift partner who was off that night had done it. Why? Because he was really, because he was really annoyed at the um, people organizing it and stuff. I mean, that's the place, sort of place I come from, because he's really annoyed at the people who are running the the festival. Uh, and he, I mean, he didn't he didn't realize I'd get sacked, so he's a bit sorry about that. But um, but yeah, that's that's what happened. Wow. I mean, God bless that supervisor who's like, oh, we're we're gonna this is gonna be a long experience of punishment. Oh, like, like, what's what's this? What do you think this is? Like, what's going on? I would have just been, been like, like oh this was God. standing an hour ago. What? That was so fast. <laughs> like, Wasn't it always like this? Wasn't it? <laughs> Isn't it meant to be an example for people? <laughs> okay. Oh Students that I had to say, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but... I don't think this is a fit for you and we don't want you to just keep wasting your money here. If it's not a fit for you, what, you know, what other options do we have? So I've had to go through that once or twice. And then one time I had to kick a student out of the program. So not out of a class, but out of the entire school program because he was a scary guy. And he came in with his girlfriend and he was a little weedy guy. So thin and a lot of, a lot of tattoos and, and not that that should, but, but neck tattoos and kind of a rough guy, but the bigger, the bigger real point was that everything he did in a scene was misogynistic and abusive. And I, you just kept, kept giving him the notes. Like, this is not funny. You can't do this. People are visibly uncomfortable with this. And he just couldn't make that change. And he would nod and go, oh, yeah, right. Sorry, man. My bad. You're right. My bad. And then do the exact same shit in the next scene. And that guy was just at a, you know, a place in his journey where he couldn't take that note and couldn't make that change. So I had to, you know, I kicked him out of the whole program, but he was very cool. And I was so nervous about it, Kate. Oh I didn't want to, hey, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to be the person who kicks somebody out. B, he was a scary guy. I didn't, I didn't want to be the guy you have to, to, to have to kick him out. But when I said it, he said, I get that all the time, bro. I feel you. I get Aww. it. Blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and it was, it was, very understanding and i feel like okay this this guy knows how he is perceived in great part because of the shit that comes out of his own mouth it, it, it turned out to be totally fine but i did yeah i had to move him on <laughs> yeah that would be those like you're describing my worst nightmare especially because i have the people pleaser thing too and like i don't want to like especially when it's people's because it's not just like you're telling them that they need to rewrite an english paper you're potentially right. saying to them like this career may not be your gym of course that's not how you position it and that might not be true right. you might just not be great at improv and you can be a great actor in a different way but oh i just it yeah was tough. it was it was just more at the content. I mean, and, and the idea that 
of giving you the note five times. You know, you you You're- you can't just you can't you can't just punch stage combat <laughs> punch every partner in every scene. At, you know, every single time you're on the stage, it cannot be just physical violence every time. And a lot of it accompanied with just misogynistic bullshit and just yeah, you know. So anyway, I was really afraid to to have that conversation, but the guy turned out to be totally cool. It's like, yep, I get that all the time, man. This I is gotcha. me, bro. It's like okay, that's it. It's oh, like. Great. See you around. We just had to get paid when we got paid. And you should have gotten stunt. I mean, you should have. That's that's insane that they didn't. And yeah. oh, I would have been real pissed when I saw three seconds of myself getting. I didn't my even ass see paid. myself. That's how fast it was. Carl. Oh, I would have been so we mad. Were, we were going at it all day, like real hard ba- baseball conditioning all day. What's the other yeah, like a real coach out there telling us like <sighs> to do to get to get these real shots. And I was like, we are actors. <laughs> Please be kind to us. Yeah. Um, what is the uh, what's the other one? You had two stories. Yeah. Oh, the other one was uh, drunk people at Barney's kicking people out, kicking people out. Um, I don't even know if I can talk about this. You but sure can. I think I will. Because I think it's closed now and it wasn't yeah. like a real case or anything. Oh. But one night a, a cop came in and got too drunk and I had to remove him from the bar. Ooh. He didn't know he was a cop until later. And that was a whole ordeal. And yeah. Did he come after you? Are you allowed to? No. Kind of. Kind of in a way. But he was like so drunk. It wasn't. But he was like, he, he was so drunk. And he started like choking this woman in the <laughs> bar. And then I was like, all right, you're done. And like tossed him, and everybody's like, "That was a cop," and I'm like, "Oh shit, I am dead." <laughs> Literally, he like, woke. <laughs> I am actually dead. Yeah. Oh my and, god. And, and uh, yeah, but that we had to go to court and stuff for all that because he was trying to get his job back and stuff like that. He got but, fired. He did get fired. He got fired. Well, he should have. He put his hands on a woman at, at, yeah. in public. She was a cop too. She was his partner, and they were. I think they were having an affair, an illicit affair. Oh, affair. Carl, why are you leaving out all these details? Because I'm trying to not go. I'm not trying you're to get trying, sued. You're trying to not get killed too. Okay, yeah. let's. We'll just move past it. Okay, that's pretty weird. Um, was but, there? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Did you want to add anything? No, nah, and other than that, just like uh, stopping the people from having sex in the bathroom. Oh, that happens uh, a lot. How much cocaine vomit. did you see at Barney's? A lot. All the a cocaine. A lot of cocaine yeah. being done. In the bathroom, stopping people from having sex. You see a couple walk in and be like, "All right, I'm like, all right, hey, nope, nope, gotta come out of here, yeah. nope, <laughs> not the place to fuck." But also yeah. hearing the, and then yeah. being like, "Hey, uh, hey can't out. do that here. What are you talking Let's about? Go. I have a cold." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. okay. <laughs> well, that cold is uh becoming a powder under your nose. Exactly. Um. Okay. So what's Must be freezing out here? <laughs> In these LA streets, yeah. what is an incident that asked, made them ask to speak to your manager? Or do you? You're too personable. I imagine you haven't had any. I'll give you one. Oh, you have one. It okay. wasn't my fault though. That doesn't. A group of dudes, and 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 this will happen a lot. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you another detail about this off the air. But okay, I'll write a note down. Uh, yeah, write it in the notes. Okay. Uh, but you know how all. All service workers, and I'm saying this as a black person who overtips because I know how service workers think about black people sometimes. But what? Uh, all, <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Y'all call them Canadians or whatever, but <laughs> that is so offensive. Keep yeah, going. Keep going. Yeah, it's offensive as hell. But and they do. Uh, these this group of dudes came in and they ordered a ton of food. This was at Barney's. Brought, this is at Barney's. They okay. brought a t- they ordered a ton of food, wings, 
chicken tenders, fries, chili, everything that Barney's got to offer. And I loaded up their table, got them all their ranch and sour cream and ketchup and everything they wanted. Got their drinks, everything. Thanks, bro. Thanks, bro. You're dope, bro. What's your name, Carl? Thanks, Carl. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Blah, 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 blah. At what point did they walk hey, out man. on the bill? <laughs> walk. They didn't walk out on the bill. They didn't need to walk out because they got they got the bill for free because they call me back and go, hey, bro, question. Do these uh, wings got garlic? And I was like, uh, the, the, like, maybe like they're hot wings. Like, I'm sure there's probably garlic. Oh, yeah, because the ingredients is not on the menu. And my homie here is allergic to garlic. And I'm like, what? Like, they're hot wings. Like, hot wing seasoning has garlic. Like, oh, bro. Like, it's not your fault, bro. It's not your fault. But, like, could you get the manager? Had they maybe eaten they all of it bill. at that point? They had eaten everything. They had eaten everything. <sighs> and they left me a $4 tip. They were like, we're going to take care of you, bro. We're going to take care of you. They left me a $4 tip. And I was like, I thought y'all were going to take care of me. Because I mean, I don't care that y'all didn't eat the meal. But I thought y'all was going to take care of me like you said you was. Uh, they they got the whole bill comp. And it, they had ordered like $180 something. Oh, food. and left and you drinks. $4. Even a 10% tip would have been 18 bucks. Like, Yeah. Yeah, at least leave me a 20, bro. Y'all didn't have to pay for anything. Nothing. Zero. At least you leave just, me a 20. You had $200 essentially taken care of. That is bonkers. And could you, like, it's, I have said this before on the podcast. It's usually the people who are like, oh, I work in the industry. I got you. Or I used to, not if they currently do, but oh, I used to work in the industry. I'm, I totally, I got you. I got you. The people who overly emphatically continue to say, I got you, don't mm-hmm. got you. Ever. They don't got you. Ever. They don't got you. It's not your fault, bro. It's not your fault. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, yeah, I know it's not my fault. Like, you don't put that. Nobody puts the ingredients to buffalo sauce on a menu. Nobody. And they knew that. They that, knew that. That was the angle. Yeah. And then he just kept getting mouthy and he's like, oh, fuck. And then he's like, and I was like, I was like, man, I was like, there's no need for that. Attitude. You don't need to speak to her like that. You know, it's the ticket, ticket girl. And then, then he's like, fuck you. What are you just a fucking security guard? I was like, I'll clock out right now and not be one if you want to keep fucking talking like this. Good and, for you. And without bad an eye, but you know, like if, if you're, that's not the direction usually we want to go, but you get a lot of people like that. And I'm the type that's like, I'm not going to sit there and eat it. Like some people need to be taught a lesson. And there's been many times where, you know, sometimes when you bite, when you bark back like that, it, it does actually uh, make them realize they're being an asshole and there's no need to go to the next level. Sometimes it does go to the next level, but you'd be surprised how many times, like, if you just come back with like confidence and fiercely, people will understand. Like, okay, like I was, I was, I was, I was displacing my emotions right there. I was out of place, out of pocket. I, I apologize. And she's like, "Where is your manager?" I said, "We don't have a manager here today. You can don't let the door hit you. See ya." <laughs> and she's like, "What?" All of a sudden, the sandwich guy comes out. <laughs> And he taps her on the shoulder and goes, how's it going? What's going on? And the woman is like, this woman is being rude to me. And I said, the color copier isn't working. And he goes, why don't you, why don't you take a break, Jackie? I'll, I'll, I'll take care of her. And I said, you don't need to take care of her. She's leaving. And he goes, I get that. Why don't you go, why don't you hit the break room and I'll be right, and we'll just, we'll deal with it. And I was like, okay. And I back up, he stands in front of me. So I'm, I don't leave. I'm standing right behind Good. him. She can see me. He can't see me. He's talking to her. She starts essentially lying. I'm not necessarily the hero of what just happened, but she's saying that I was rude from the beginning. 
I am the golden retriever of customer service, man. I am like, hi, welcome to the fucking thing. And so <laughs> said just like that, <laughs> just like that. And so she is like saying that it, I, she was like, she doesn't know how to use the equipment. Can you try all these things? And he's like, ma'am, the color copier isn't working. And so she just starts on and on and on. And finally I've had it. And I just look at her and I mouth the words, but I do not say them. Cry baby. <laughs> And I make a tear motion down my cheek. (laughs) And she bursts into tears and says, I am not a crybaby and storms out. Now, the next time I'm working is Tuesday. Now, this is 1990. I was born in 1965. So 75, 85. I'm 25 years old. My boss is 23 years old. And so she, on Tuesday, I go into work. And she's like, hey, Jackie, let's go, let's go get a croissant. <laughs> a croissant sandwich. <laughs> but uh, so we go and she buys me a cup of coffee. And, uh, and she's like, you have got to tag out. You have to just tag team. I know she was wrong. You didn't handle it great. And I was like, fair enough. Do you want me to quit? And she's like, no, we need you. And so I lasted uh, a little bit longer. And then I got the job at Northern Sun Merchandising. I don't I'm going to say it. I, nobody's taking a hit on a $5 cup of soup. That's right. Okay. So remember, folks. If you can't afford a tip, walk out of your check. <laughs> <laughs> the new It'll drop. This is the <laughs> new drop for this Thank you folks so much for listening. Happy holidays. Take care of you and your loved ones. We'll see you in 2022. Thank you.